Ransomware continues to pummel numerous organizations. From an incident response standpoint, if an organization gets hit by ransomware, what are the essential first steps they should take? To help me answer that question, I am joined by Fabian Vozar, the CTO of MZSoft. Fabian, thanks so much for sharing your time and insights today with me. Yeah, you're very welcome, Matthew. I think a huge question that many organizations face, and unfortunately, too many of them don't know that they should have already known the answer, is they get hit by an attack that disrupts their systems and which might be ransomware. So if you were in their shoes, what do they do next? What are the essential next steps for them to take? So the first thing they should do is kind of isolate the affected systems from their network. Uh, the last thing you want to do is kind of yeah, the infection spreading to other systems. Uh, nowadays, especially uh, when you get hit by larger ransomware, uh, yeah, kind of larger ransomware groups, they already did their homework and made sure that they had access to all the systems at the time they pulled the trigger for the ransomware. So it probably doesn't do much, but it's still like a good precaution to take. Now, the next step is kind of figuring out how they got in. Um, now, most companies probably won't have the resources um, to and, and the knowledge and experience to kind of trace back the steps and figure out how exactly the attackers access the network in the first place. And um, so that's usually where you probably should talk to your insurance providers if you do have a cyber insurance or, or go and look for digital forensic and incident response companies who can help you with that task. The next step after that is kind of make sure that your backups are secure. Um, and it's absolutely important that you don't access those uh, backup servers using any of the already uh, kind of compromised infrastructure. The reason being is that sometimes ransomware is still running on there. And the moment you kind of connect a new external hard disk or the moment you kind of connect to uh, to different network, and mount like backup volumes, for example, they will readily go and encrypt your backups as well. Now, in most cases nowadays, unfortunately, uh, it's also the case that, as I, as I said again, the cyber criminals did their homework and they compromised your backups like long before they deployed the ransomware, so the backups are most likely unusable, but it's still kind of best practice. Now, from there, it all kind of depends. Like, do you still have like working backups? In that particular case, you can probably get away with just notifying the authorities about the breach. You kind of have to keep in mind that every single ransomware incident and ransomware breach is also essentially a data breach, since some unauthorized people had access to uh, potentially very critical and uh, data uh, of, of your clients, for example. So um, yeah, reach out to the ICO, for example, uh, here, here in the UK or whatever the data protection uh, organization uh, is in, in your particular country. And also like a very, very important thing, please do report it to uh, law enforcement. Um, it's always very shocking to me when my team and I kind of find the origin servers of ransomware and we know that, oh yeah, this, this server is located in this country and we reach out to the law enforcement agencies in that particular country and they tell me, oh yeah, we can't do anything because nobody has reported anything. And without a report, a lot of these law enforcement agencies have no authority to act at all. So please do report it. Um, now, if you do have backups, 
try to recover uh, everything from the uh, from backups if also your backups got hit or you or, or the attackers exfiltrated a lot of data so they not only express uh, a kind of ransom you for access to your data but also threaten you to release that data that's the point where uh, a lot of companies kind of start to consider paying the ransoms um and I know there are like a lot of different kind of views when it comes to whether or not you sh should pay ransom. Obviously, if you can avoid it at all costs, please do, because your ransom payment essentially is financing the uh, operation that hits the next couple of victims. And it's like kind of this endless perpetual cycle where people have to pay ransoms in order for their companies not to go under. But in turn, you also condemn other companies to like a similar fate, right? Now, if you do have to pay a ransom because either the data that was stolen would kind of ruin your entire company or you don't have backups and like you can't rebuild the data from scratch, so to say, uh, since it's not practical, then I would strongly suggest to go to like a professional negotiating service. The reason for that is, uh, well, there are like a couple of uh, practical reasons like, yeah, the ransomware negotiators, they can actually give you a proper invoice and you don't have to explain to like your local tax service what that huge Bitcoin transfer was, right? Um, but the other one is that a lot of these negotiating services like Coveware, for example, they have like vast experience when it comes to handling these cases. They have large databases um, that allow them to kind of give you an idea how long it's going to take, whether or not the um, threat actor will just take your money and run. And they will also have like a valuable insight into whether or not the decryptor that is uh, that you will get back when you pay the ransom is actually working. Because not all these decryptors actually perform reasonable. A lot of them kind of cause issues. Well, that, that, that's one of the fascinating insights, uh, you know, Coveware, other negotiating firms are available, of course, but in the quarterly reports that Coveware has put out with the trends that it's seeing, it's been interesting to see it call out different strains of ransomware being more or less reliable on multiple fronts. For example, on the actually giving you a decryptor front, being one of them, encrypting the data in a reliable manner as opposed to shredding it, being another, and then being able to decrypt the data. There seems to be a huge degree of variability based on the various strains and apparently the technical knowledge of the attackers or developers in terms of whether or not your data is that, is going to come back out of the encrypted the way that you need it to. Yes, you're absolutely right. So there are like a couple of general rules. If you got hit by like a very large campaign or by, by like a very large threat actor, they usually have their stuff together. So there, the recovery chances are actually quite, quite good. However, there are a lot of kind of, I would call them lone wolves when it comes to, to these crimes, like single threat actors, like one or two uh, per, uh, people teams, um, that where the risk of them just taking your money and running is like quite high. We are talking, uh, they usually use ransomware uh, that you can just, readily purchase off of black, uh, well, darknet markets, for example. Um, Phobos is a good example, Zeppelin. Those threat actors, since they are only usually one or two people, 
they can be very uh, volatile and unpredictable. And they can disappear, um, disappear yes. without warning. If they yes. get a ten, a ten million dollar payday, there's no incentive for them to stick around. I suppose a common a, a common technique is also for these threat actors to just ask for a very small ransom, and then once you pay that ransom, they will ask for more and more and more. So that's like a potential threat. Um, now there is ransomware out there who will just kind of damage files during the encryption process, as you mentioned. Um, we actually reported about quite a few of those. For example, Ryuk was one of them, um, who in about like five to 10% of the data that it encrypts kind of damages it and there's like no recourse for recovering it. It's it's just it's just gone, right? Um, now the other thing is true as well. There are uh, ransomware families out there who will encrypt the data correctly, but their decryptor kind of messes up. And those are actually quite common. And those are also the cases where uh, my team and the company I work for, MCSoft, um, is kind of stepping in since we have been releasing free decryption tools for the past 10 years. Um, we have like a vast knowledge about what other things to look out for and how to write decryptors properly. So it's one of the services we do offer to ransomware victims if they do run into the situation where the decryption tool isn't working, that we can provide them with one of our tools for uh, a flat fee. So they can recover the data using our tools. One of the services we offer to any ransomware victim, and we offer it completely for free, is to take a look at the ransomware that they got hit by and give them advice what their recovery options are, essentially. So um, if you don't have an insurance provider or if you want, like, even if it's just like a second opinion to what your incident response team or your insurance provider told you, you can simply reach out to us. We have a form on our website. Um, you can just fill it out and we will get in touch with you usually within 24 hours. Fantastic. All right. Thank you for sharing information about that resource. Yeah, since it's usually a starting point for us getting engaged like further, but it's definitely uh, helpful. And Honestly, I have seen quite a couple of cases where uh, ransoms were paid, even though it wasn't necessary. And that always pains me greatly, since, as I mentioned before, I dedicated the past 10 years of my life essentially to kind of ruin the entire ransomware business models for threat actors. And then companies paying, um, even if it's just like 100,000 US dollars, it, it just pains me. So, And obviously, there's other things that organizations can try, like the No More, no more Ransom Portal. Uh, for example, with free decryptors, but you won't always have access to free decryptors. Yeah. Um, essentially, free decryptors have become a very kind of difficult topic because um, a couple of years ago, let's say like two, three years ago, most of these ransomware groups, they were very low tech. They were very kind of low skill uh, when it comes to things like reverse engineering capabilities. It was mostly people in their bedrooms or in, in, in their basements, right, um, who uh, blasted out ransomware to as many people as possible, asking for like a hundred bucks. So uh, nowadays, however, um, whenever you release a free decryptor um, for a ransomware family, you kind of have to assume that by releasing this tool for free, um, the threat actors will know within, usually within less than a day, what the actual vulnerability in their code is that you're exploiting in order to decrypt the files for free. 
Um, and this has happened like countless times. For example, uh, Bitdefender released a 3D crypto for a ransomware family called Darkseid. And it took the Darkseid threat actors to figure out pretty much within a couple of hours what the actual flaw is. They closed the flaw and now once again, nobody can decrypt their files for free. Um, so it's kind of a balancing act between um, making these decryptors public and helping as many victims as possible, but also preventing the tool to get into the hands of the threat actors so they can take it apart and figure out what their mistake is. Well, our approach is we kind of have contact to all the major places where victims usually show up. Uh, places like Bleeping Computer, for example, places like ID Ransomware, which is kind of similar to No More Ransom, where we are also uh, a contributing partner. Um, so we have access to all these places. And whenever I see victims show up for certain ransomware families where we can help without the victim having to pay anything, um, then we have capabilities. Uh, uh, the capability essentially to reach out to the, those victims in private and help them privately. Now, the downside of that is, is that we don't get a lot of media attention, but that is kind of the point, right? We want to fly under the radar to not alert the threat actors so they can actually improve their uh, ransomware contraptions. So, yeah. So basically, I guess a moral of the story, if you're a ransomware victim, is contact incident responders, or as you said, if you have cyber insurance, that is the starting point, and they work with yes. pre-approved yes. incident responders. Correct. But also to ask around to see if yeah. there are any known solutions. And I, I guess an age-old piece of advice with ransomware was if you can get by without having to pay for a decryptor, it's possible that a decryptor will come out in the future, even if one is not currently available. So if, if that situation should happen to be the case for a victim, they, they might get out of jail in the future for free, I suppose. Yeah, there have been several cases where once the ransomware, well, the entire ransomware campaign kind of closes down, essentially once the developers made enough money, so they are shutting down the entire project, that they are releasing all the keys for all the victims. That has happened in the past. But you also have the cases where law enforcement agencies, for example, uh, kind of managed to track down these groups uh, managed to arrest certain people who had access to the keys, and then the law enforcement agencies have access to the keys and uh, can can give you your data back. Both has happened. So lots of options or, I guess, avenues that victims should explore, hopefully in advance of becoming a victim, so they know what to do and have the right defenses in place. But then if they do become a victim, there are multiple potential ways that they could get helped from the likes of MZSoft and others. So Fabian, thank you so much for your time and insights into ransomware and responding to ransomware today. Yeah, sure, you're very welcome. I have been speaking with Fabian Voser, the CTO of MZSoft. I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. Thank you for joining us.